With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Podcast, brought to you this week by betonline.ag. My name is Josh, I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? What a mess this season is, Josh. I mean, Mane injury, now this uh, <laughs> weather postponement of City West Ham. Is this mm-hmm. season cursed? It's a weird one. I, I was thinking about this as we were like setting up to record, and I was just thinking, like, if this was my first year playing... If this is your first year playing fantasy or the first year taking it seriously or whatever, I, you know, I really have to reassure you that it's not normally like this. It is very, a lot of unusual things have happened this year, I would say. Um, I, you know, even things like that we've kind of forgotten about, like Sun, who I think was the most captain player back in December, getting a red card in the 70th minute. You know, triple captains don't normally get injured 30 minutes into uh, a double game week. Um, you know, matches don't get postponed very often. It's like all of these very unusual things have, have happened this year. And so, um, yeah, it's it, it's it's a funny one. It's uh, I think you said a while ago that it's like it kind of feels like work a little bit this year. And uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, I don't know, you know, and it's not it's not obviously like you're, you're kidding a little bit. But like, I do feel like I've had to like pay attention to stuff. You know, even yeah, the fact that like, right. I mean, you try to follow when this Man City West Ham match is going to get replayed, for example, which as of Sunday night, we're recording this. We don't know when it's going to be. And it's like you like do a deep dive. Like you learn so much about like. Yeah. You know, like network night holds and like all of these like windows of time <laughs> well, might be available. It, and it's like it's like, yeah. you're like a, a miners and sports 
business or something like that. It's uh, well, yeah, it's so I think it's a little slice. It's a slice of what it's like to go into the like flat earther corners of the internet or yeah. high. I study chemtrails. Chemtrails appeared over London Stadium uh, <laughs> earlier today. Yeah, some weird, just like off the rails, deep state things happening with FPL this season. Totally. And, you know, I, I guess it's been it's been entertaining, like it's been an interesting season, but uh, it's definitely been wild. I mean, you know, John Lundstrom coming out as a sub and scoring like it's a, a there's a mm-hmm. lot happening, Brandon, uh, <laughs> right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was. Yeah. Last week I told you I was not going to do any more sour grapes and I was going to let everybody have their fun. Uh, and then John Lundstrom scored near the end of that uh, Sheffield United match and it was all out the window. Brandon, I, I went online uh-huh. and told every John Lundstrom owner that they had a two outer on the river and uh, I just could, could not help myself. I, uh, and I, as soon as I tweeted it, I immediately regretted it. And then I was like, no, you, you have to own this. You have to own your snark and just deal with it. So, yeah, uh, yeah it was just a weird game week. Them, obviously yeah. only three matches. I have played poker with you when you have actually called me out for for giving you a bad beat and i know you do not like a bad beat and yeah, even though I'm, that's just you have to take your licks sometimes luck yeah. luck will play into it i know this is it's important for listeners to know that i am i am both a i'm a bad loser and i'm a bad winner it's really it's a bad combination it really is brandon um so this week's theme you know we're only three tenths into the game week uh, a lot we can't really preview game week 27 you know it's it's two weeks away it's so and far have, away yeah, we have six or possibly seven matches still to play, depending on when Man City uh, actually plays their their postponed West Ham match. Uh, I, I suppose it is Man City and West Ham who are played in that match. I keep I keep referring to it as the Man City match because that's what, you know people tend to have Man City uh, assets, but uh, you know there's a lot of matches still to get played, and so we decided to change the theme around a little bit this week, and it's ask us anything. Uh, so we have a bunch of questions about. Uh, we do a lot of fantasy questions for sure, uh, but a lot of questions about, uh, you know, and I like clubs we support, uh, our favorite movie from 2020. So we're going to front load it with the fantasy stuff at the top. So if you're only in it for the pure fantasy discussion, then you can just stop it at the whatever minute mark that may be. And, and from there, mm-hmm. it's going to get weird. Okay, and you just get <laughs> get ready for it or turn it off. I don't know. You know, that's that still counts as a download. That's fine. You know, you can stop <laughs> yeah. whenever you want. Um, but yeah, so that's 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 where we're going. Hey, and a quick announcement before we really get started here. The big news is that the always cheating listener meetup happening in London has been officially announced. Josh and I are going to be in England Starting March 5th, we're going to catch a lot of matches during game week 29. But on Friday, March 6th, we are hosting our listeners and anyone from the FPL community that wants to come out and hang out with other FPL geeks. We're going to be at the Coin Laundry. That's in the neighborhood in London of Farringdon on 70 Exmouth Market. I'm mm-hmm. not from around those parts, Josh. So, um, yeah, so Friday, March 6th, we're going to kick things off around 7 p.m. We're going to be at the Coin Laundry all evening there's no charge to get in or anything like that. So just swing by if you want to have a beer with us, hang out and uh, chat FPL. Yep. And uh, we actually have matches confirmed for that weekend as well now. Uh, we are confirmed to be going to Arsenal West Ham on Saturday. We'll be going to the Manchester Derby on Sunday. And thank you. Uh, I, I don't want to name any names because I know sometimes 
tickets and stuff. It's kind of um, it's a little different in the UK than it is in the US. Uh, it's a little, a little more closely guarded. So thank you to the people who have helped us go to some of these matches. We go into the Leicester Aston Villa match as well um, on Monday night. So uh, three matches in three days, a little travel involved as well. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. All right. So as you mentioned, there's virtually nothing to talk about uh, as far as score checks for Game Week 26. But let's touch quickly upon where we are after three matches played. Um, four points for me, Joshua. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made one move, and this is probably one of the more boneheaded moves I think I've made all season. But I made a goalkeeper transfer. I was just kind of sick of looking at Matt Ryan. I mean, I had some, I had a lot of experiences with Matt Ryan early on the season, but he's outstayed his welcome. He had to go. Yeah. Um, it was that siren call to the rocky shores of Henderson going up in price by 0.1. And I said, <laughs> well, it's the time happening. is now. Uh-huh. Yep. So I brought, I brought in Henderson and uh, got a two pointer from him equaled Matt Ryan's takeaway. The big excitement for me was during the Everton match when Theo Walcott. So Sidibe, I've had Sidibe for about a month now and it hasn't done a whole lot for me. Sidibe doesn't start. Theo Walcott goes down with a knee injury around the 25 minute mark. There was this hilariously, (laughs) it was very (laughs) stressful. It was glorious. Yes. But it was for a moment stressful where I don't know if you saw Sidibe forgot one of his socks. So Mm -hmm. he was was ready to check onto the pitch. And then he realizes he only has one. Yeah. And I'm like, I could totally see Ancelotti saying, you know what? We're putting in uh, Alex Iwobi. Yep. Um, but Sidibe made it, made it onto the pitch. Uh, they immediately conceded, of course, uh, from Christian Benteke. Um, Jordan Pickford, just like a howler machine these days. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know See, what's going people, on with him. Just but. a quick side note here. People wonder how we can watch so many matches. And, for example, I was on uh, vacation this weekend. And typically, you know, I was actually visiting, visiting some family this weekend. And typically that's not a great time to watch matches. But – this is, you know, there are only two matches on this weekend, and this one came out at 7.30 in the morning, so I was actually able to quietly watch this on an iPad before anyone else got up. And so that was, you know, these 7.30 ones are kind of great for, that's where the iPad was basically invented to watch, <laughs> to watch English Premier League matches in the U.S. while everyone else is sleeping yeah. on your iPad. Yeah, I love the iPad, the secret surreptitious iPad watch. So that's just Sidibe and Henderson for me. Lundstrom is... Second on my bench. So even if the Man City-West Ham match isn't played, Cantwell's going to come in for KDB. Lundstrom's seven-pointer is going to stay on my bench. Yeah, I do not have Aguero to contend with with Salah, my captain. You also have Salah captain, but you don't have Lundstrom at all anymore. No, I mean, I dropped him because I I needed to. I mean, I needed to make a defensive swap. I mean, you know, it's like... I just didn't think he was going to start, and he didn't. And he came on with 25 minutes left, and he scored. I mean, it was a it was a gamble that I was willing to take. Um, that you know, he came in even a little earlier than I was expecting him to. He'd been coming on a little bit later when he'd been coming on as a sub. Uh, but he's I mean, he's really basically lost his place in that squad. Um, maybe he gets it back now that he scored this goal. I don't I don't know. Um, but you well, know, it's I don't he, think Berg really impressed at all yeah. during the match. But he's so like their, he's like I, he's honestly, a record. When, He's a record signing for them, though. I mean, I'm sure he's going to, you know, um, I mean, more times than not, he's going to be starting that match. I mean, I don't think, I don't think, you know, I mean, they didn't shell out that much money, but for them to shell out any money is, is for a club of their size. I feel like they're kind of committed probably to, to playing him. Yeah. I don't know. You know, who knows? Uh, Chris Wilder doesn't seem like the kind of guy who really cares about how much money anybody's worth. So 
Um, you know, except for maybe. except for Chris Wilder. Yeah, but you have Besich too, right? And so the you know so you basically have three players all competing for the same spot, um, and. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I mean, it didn't. You know, it's, it's a, always a bummer to transfer out a goal scorer, um, but we'll see. I ended up bringing in Stevens. I didn't bring in a Sheffield United. I didn't do a like for like swaps. So at least I can hold out hope as we record that that it'll work out okay in the end. Um, you know, if I got and that's Jack teams, Stevens, not not Edna Ed, Ed and, uh, and uh, yeah, Stevens. yeah, exactly. Just Steve Fens with the with the PH. Um, right. Yeah, and so I would do one question for you though. I mean, because you brought in uh, Henderson as your keeper, does that lock you into wild carding before game week 28 because he doesn't have a fixture in game week 28 so you would either go with no keeper (laughs) or it puts you in a tough spot yeah it does put me in a tough spot i think when i made the move my feeling was i was gonna wild card but i'm still just not convinced especially now with this man city west ham fixture being up in the air and you know now we could have an interesting double game week scenario earlier rather than later with man city so there are all sorts of temptations to hold off on the wild card mm-hmm. i do have 0.8 in the bank so worst case scenario i have to turn my non playing goalkeeper on the bench into somebody like mccarthy for right. Southampton, and I think yeah. that's probably what I'm going to end up doing, which is hilarious that I end up making two goalkeeper transfers in the span of like three game weeks. It's not yeah. exactly what you want. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the, 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 the three matches were so tempting for Henderson this one next week's and game week 29, yeah. I believe. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I got kind of lucky um, that that Callum Wilson goal came nice and early and sort of took the some of the stress out of that match a little bit. I could certainly handle a Dan Egan um, assist and bonus point. So, uh, yeah, the Lundstrom goal was was annoying, but whatever. I mean, seven points. It wasn't like he scored 19 or something like that, you know. So, um, you know. Sounds like you're over it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, don't worry about me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the uh, West Ham-Man City match, as we mounted at the top of the pod, we don't know what's going on. Uh, shout out to our, our friend AJ, who triple-captained Aguero, with Kevin De Bruyne, vice captain. Ouch! That's a lot of eggs in one canceled match basket, Brandon. Too, too, too many. One might say. We got a question from Ryan. I thought this was brilliant. Can FPL give us a vice vice captain option? I captain Aguero with KDB as my vice, and I was thinking instead of a vice vice captain, maybe it's like a secretary of education or something like that. And you assign that chip to, right. To I just like the idea player. that every game week, you've got to rank your fit, your players from one to 15. <laughs> so like, where, like the, yeah. where the line of succession is, you know, <laughs> like where did the speaker of the house falls in that whole thing? So yeah. Uh, Isn't that how yeah. Oscar ballots are working this year? It's sort of I like think a rank, so. yeah, rank choice. Yeah, exactly. I also just wanted to uh, quickly shout out, um, Algero who asked the question, which of the three, Everton goals against Palace was Brandon's favorite. I I guess I really came out really hot against cool. Everton on we last week's podcast. And we haven't had hate mail like this in a while, Brandon. It really they came in hard for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I mean I, I I have to stand by my opinions, and you know Everton just aren't my favorite club right now. But I will admit that maybe I was seething a little too much, and it was kind of unjustified given I think. Right. Everton are second in the form table for the calendar year of 2020. So, you know, all respect to Everton and and you have, I love Everton fans. I've never been a, a bad Everton fan, 
I've yeah. just seen a lot of bad Everton managers and players that, who I don't like. Yeah, I think I, it's probably this, you know, Sidibe not really working out as a transfer. I think that that colors your perspective a little bit. I mean, I, it reminds maybe, me of, you know, this maybe. fall when I was complaining about Wolves being in the uh, in the um, Europa League. And I was like, oh, what a waste, you know, <laughs> all these matches. Can you believe they have to waste their time in the Europa League? And all these Wolves fans were responding to us like, hey, you know, I think it's awesome and I'm really excited and I think it's very cool that wolves are doing this and that they're competing in this. And like, I, you know, I haven't had a lot of chances and it's those moments where you're like, Oh, right. Of course. Like, of course you're excited about this. Like, you know, like, um, you know, if you're, if you don't have like a fantasy podcast, you know, you don't see everything through that lens, you know? And so it's just kind of cool. Um, or like with, you know, Everton fans are like, Hey, at least we're winning some matches finally, you know, like, you know, so, um, you know, I think fantasy can color your perspective too much sometimes for sure. All right, a quick shout out for our Patreon page. If you want to say thanks to me and Josh and support what we do at Always Cheating, just swing by patreon.com slash always cheating. You can check out um, what we're offering there, an exclusive extra podcast every week, T-shirts, extra leagues, our Slack channel, which is always bumping. Big thanks to our new Patreon supporters this week at the Lord Sorloth tier, Tom Irwin, Daniel Briggs, Alex Rosinski, and Jason Conway. And at the Pookie Patron tier, it's Alex Cruden. So yeah, again, that website is patreon.com slash always cheating. All right, Brian, we're going to take a break. We're going to get back and people can ask us anything. All right, Brian, we're back. It's an unusual, very unusual game week. And we're going to do things a little bit differently. This mm-hmm. this one podcast, just one time one-off podcast, Brandon, <laughs> uh, where people can ask us anything. Yeah. Uh, and so we're going to do lots of fantasy, but then we have a few other questions as well uh, to come later on. So uh, we're going to kick things off, though, with our betonline.ag listener question of the week. Betonline.ag is your online sportsbook expert. Use the code BLUEWIRE, all in one word, for a 50% welcome bonus. Here's that question, Brandon. FPL Kramer says, choose one. Win all of FPL this season. All right, so finished number one overall, Magnus Carlsen style. Yeah. Uh, I guess he didn't finish that way, but he made it there once. Uh, but never play, pod, or interact with the fantasy community ever again or continue to play FPL and never, ever finish inside the top 100K. Wow, okay. So either I win all of FPL and never touch FPL again or mm-hmm. I am resigned to a life of FPL mediocrity. Right. Um, I feel like I have to go for the life of mediocrity. I mean, I kind of <laughs> live a life of mediocrity as it is, but, um, uh-huh. 100, 100 K that's, a, that's, that's like the perfect benchmark that, um, has me to decide what kind of life I want to live because that is yeah. generally my, my, that's pretty much most people's like sort of bare minimum of what they want to achieve huh. uh, achieve in an fpl season and i was gonna say like in our personal mini leagues if you finish like 101k you're you're probably finishing in the money you know like that's uh so you know you could still you might not win our league but you could still you know if, if that matters at all you, yeah. know, you could still yeah uh you can get into right. that maybe maybe you value head-to-head more brandon maybe you become a head a, a head-to-head <laughs> expert on fantasy yeah I mean, we're so addicted to FPL at this point, even if you got all the thrill and all the accolades from winning. And as Kramer says here, we can't podcast anymore. So it's not like we could have always cheating the podcast with whoever won FPL one season. We can't mm-hmm. do that. 
were out. And I can't imagine watching the Premier League and not having fantasy in the back of my mind. Yeah, I mean, it's there, really, are, there are certainly good weeks. And bad once, weeks but I couldn't learn to pull way. yourself out. Yeah, I, 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 I'm with you completely, 100%. Um, I also, uh, I mean, finishing number one isn't like really like a goal of mine, you know? Uh, doesn't it's not something i ever think about doing um it's not anything i how good do you think it would actually feel like you finished number one i'm having a hard time thinking of like the euphoric feeling that that would be i feel like it's such a long season i'd yeah just feel like a bit of a letdown i feel like you'd feel incredible like crushing stress the last (laughs) especially like if we were like if 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 you were me like where we have like a we would have to like talk about it for an hour every week on the pot like that would be so incredibly stressful um (laughs) yeah which uh is that that just mean we're afraid of success brandon i don't know i don't know what that means uh (laughs) but i'm totally with you give me 101k every season and uh and i'll keep enjoying fantasy that that sounds perfect all right, there you have it. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. All right, let's get into more Ask Us Anything questions. This next question comes from FPL Size, who wants to know, Josh, have you ever felt resentment having to do the podcast? Do you find the time difference makes it easier or harder to play FPL? So are we at the point here with always cheating where we're we resent the podcast week to week. <laughs> it takes away from some of the fun of just being your day to day FPL manager. No, uh, never a surprise. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's hard to do a podcast when you've had a really, really bad game week. Um, that's for sure. And uh, I think, I mean, I, I'm just being, I'll be, you know, completely honest. Here. I mean, you know, the, I think the the fall can be kind of stressful too, like the first, especially like in the preseason, um, because usually, you know, you're trying to like wrap personal vacations and like, you know, the season starts and like the august you know and so it can be a little tricky like that's a that's a huge vacation month so uh then it's a little harder because that's also the time when you're trying to get people to listen to the pod you know so um yeah i don't i think that as far as so but i mean the short answer is no i mean uh last week we recorded during the super bowl uh this week we're recording through the academy awards and it's you just sort of find you know what i can miss all that stuff and i don't really care you know and it's sort of you just like you just make it a priority yeah and not to mention there were seven years in which we podcasted usually while game of thrones was going on so (laughs) we're no strangers to ditching um other pieces of popular culture that we might want to enjoy or consume just to do the podcast yeah we've we've got dvr it's it's a ton of fun yeah Yeah, it it, it is and the the time difference um i think uh i mean well the time difference i mean I think it makes it harder just because um, in order to get any breaking news, um, you have to get up uh, before before 6.30 a.m. Uh, on a Saturday morning, you know. And so if you've been out the night before, you know, good luck. And now that teams are like leaking, <laughs> the team sheets are leaking a lot more than they used to, um, it would be even more Weather valuable systems. to have that extra time. I also think I also have been, you know, because you typically do have to make your transfers before you go to bed, I have been, you know, you can't sort of in the U.K., you know, you can wake up or – you know, have, have your breakfast, think things through a little bit. Uh, but in the U S it's like, I'm often like three drinks in and I'm like, all right, screw it. Let's, let's do this. You know, and you, so, I mean, I know you've done this before as well. The late night drunken transfer is a very big thing in America, you know? So, um, yeah, I, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, you know, in some ways it it helps too. I mean, it's, I think it helps, uh, uh, being in the U S it's like a different, we have a slightly different perspective on things maybe too. And it's a little easier to be, objective you know neither you, neither you you or me were never going to have the kind of team where we like don't have anybody from liverpool because we just hate liverpool so much you know it's just not 
Yeah, um, right. it's, it's, we're too there's too much distance, you know, across the pond. I think to for that to be a we don't feel that hatred as much, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh. Here's another question for you. This one is from Pushkar Kolkarni, who wants to know: Since FPL is giving us nightmares the last couple of game weeks, like with Mane and this City West Ham situation, tell us your worst nightmares from previous years of playing FPL. Anything <laughs> stick out in your memory? Yeah, of just like things gone terribly wrong with FPL. Yeah, I and the one that stands out for me is it was like a season long nightmare where I refused to bring in Yaya Torre the season where he scored twenty goals uh, because <laughs> I just couldn't buy it. I just didn't think that Yaya Torre was a twenty goal scorer, and he continued to score. It was like if. Um, who Etienne Capu just didn't stop. I mean, obviously he's a better player than him, but it was like, and I mean, Yanni Torre had, had certainly scored many goals in the past as well, but Yanni Torre is not a goal scorer, right? It's a box to box midfielder who, mm-hmm. you know, will occasionally score a goal. You know, it's like if, um, who is the who is the modern equivalent of Yaya Torre? It's like Gundawan or something, right? Of like, if like if Gundawan was just like was scored twenty goals in a season, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. and you were like, how is this happening? What is going on here? Um, you know, he wasn't on pens even. It was just like this crazy thing, and I just refused to bring him in while everyone else did, and it just crushed me. And it's sort of like my I, that was my worst ever finish by far. Um, and I was like, I just stubbornly held on uh, all year, thinking it was going to end. Um, so what about you? What stands out for you? Yeah, I was thinking about this recently with the Mane triple captain debacle and how I had played the triple captain on Leroy Sané, mm-hmm. uh, two seasons ago when, yeah, one season ago, um, city had a really enticing double game week and Sané didn't start either of the two matches and he ended up just getting one point. And I remember, um, the last fixture of that double game week for city was, a midweek one where we in New York, we would have both been at work at our desks and I had Laporte in my team and he had gotten a clean sheet and also scored a goal. So it was a great haul from him. And you G chatted me and you're like, well, at least Laporte. And I was just seething mad. And it's like, at least, <laughs> at least you, can you see what happened with my beautiful chip, triple captainship? It's yeah. all blown up. Everything is terrible. And yeah. I couldn't accept it. Um, now, I was probably trying to needle you a little bit, too. We do have a long history of, of needling each other. Um, <laughs> it's not healthy. All these, all these nightmares kind of blend together for me. I mean, I'm sure I've had like 10 to 20 uh, absolute nightmares yeah. uh, in the last 10 seasons or so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, long-time listeners will bring up my Johan Kabai transfer, which uh, definitely uh, haunted me for uh, like a good <laughs> six weeks or so uh, a couple of seasons ago. Um, all right. So uh, let's move on to the next question, though. Uh, Benny Blanco says, what was it that first got you into football? Uh, by the way, there's really like no FBL questions. Are there? <laughs> there's not a lot to talk about. I mean, we're two weeks away from from the next game week. Uh, Benny Blanco says, what was it that first got you into football? How much do you think the game has grown in the U.S.? Uh, he says, I remember traveling the West Coast in 2005, desperately trying to find somewhere that was showing the Man United Arsenal FA Cup final. And nobody cared. So, yeah, Brendan, we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before, but what was it that first got you into yeah. uh, into the Premier League in particular? There's Well, the Premier League uh, was definitely Fox World Sports or something like that. And there was a host who – he hosted what was basically Match of the Day. And they showed it on this deep cable, like Fox Ocho channel. 
And it was hosted by this, you know, generic middle America sportscaster named Lionel Bienvenue. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's not very generic with a name like that, but his presentation was awesome. And like match of the day, they just showed you the best bits of every match. And it's just like, damn, this league is, is amazing. But if I think about just how I cracked the code on becoming an actual football fan, I, I more like telling the story of Marcelo Balboa's failed bicycle kick in world cup 94. Mm-hmm. The U S was playing Colombia. And that's a legendary match for many different reasons. One that you forget is that there was a corner kick and Marcelo Balboa, who was the center back for the U.S., connected on a beautiful picture-perfect bicycle kick. And the ball just went right over the, um, just just barely over the crossbar. And it was one of those moments where we realized, oh, soccer, football, this is, it can be awesome even when things don't go exactly right. Mm. I mean, if somebody misses a three-point shot in basketball, um that's gone and forgotten and you yeah don't sort that's of, true yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. J- james harden misses like 18 of them a game it is definitely not thrilling <laughs> yeah, uh, <when> that's, exactly. <laughs> yeah yeah how about you what what was your yeah. entree into the yeah. sport well mine isn't you know isn't particularly uh interesting but it was uh just i i uh, our producer patron and i uh trevor ingerson uh moved in together as roommates uh we were in our 20s and uh, we got a cable hooked up. We had like we got like really good cable, <laughs> just because we were both single in our twenties and had nothing else to do. And so uh, the um, but they were showing we we you know so we just had all this time in our hands. And so we just started to watch. We just started to get up early on Saturday and watch matches. And uh, you know we kind of got the bug. And uh, this was you know I don't know like ten eleven years ago now. And yeah, and I just got the bug right away. I mean, I, I was just, you know, completely hooked from the very start and kind of hooked in that way where I, I don't, you know, I know some people are like this. Um, some people listening will understand this, but you know, when I get hooked on something, I'm like, I, I become like a Wikipedia maven, you know, or whatever. Like I just like, I just started like mm-hmm. digging into like everything junkie. I could. There's a junkie. Yeah. And I would just, I was reading about, you know, I don't like, you know, I didn't even know, like, uh, just like Champions League finals. I read the Wikipedia for 30 consecutive Champions League finals. I read about every club, every club in the Premier League, every club in the championship, every club, you know, I just couldn't stop reading about all of this stuff. And, uh, and then I started reading books and then I started watching more matches. And it was just, you know, it was just that great feeling when like an addiction just, but, but kind of a fun addiction, you know, where you're like, I was hooked on it, but in a, in a really fun way, because there's all this, there's this wealth of stuff. And I sort of came to it as a very, very serious sports fan, you know, like someone who just really already loves sports. And so it was just so fun to love sports and find a brand new one that had this amazing culture that I just never really, um, dipped into, you know, before that. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that was my start. Yeah. The culture is, you can't overstate. It's just something that really just is very much on the surface of the premier league. I mean, not, it's not just surface level, but it's so visible and so beautiful. All right. Here's going to, this is going to be our quick fire get to know us section. We got some ask us anything questions that all just tried to get to the heart of who, who I am and who you are, Josh, and what Mm -hmm. we're all about as a pair. Yeah. So the first question here, we're going to, we're going to start to build up to the more provocative as we go. So we'll start kind of banal with that, that Joe guy wants to know, what are your day jobs? So I work in the book publishing industry in a marketing capacity. So 
a book is made and I have to make sure that people who are who want to read this book or buy this book are aware that it exists. And I've been doing that for my whole professional career, doing marketing in the in the book trade. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah. And I'm uh, I work for a nonprofit. We both work in Manhattan, Midtown Manhattan. Um, and I work for a nonprofit and I'm a marketing communications director for that nonprofit. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I want to say about that. But that's um, that's my job. It has nothing to do with sports in any way. But uh, uh, yeah, both, we both <laughs> do. We, yeah, we've both been in our current jobs for a long. I actually used to be in book publishing as well, though. Um, that's we didn't meet there. But I guess I guess we're going to get to that in a second. Right. Uh, by it. Ker- Barry at Kermit says, what's the backstory of your friendship? told this one before Brandon but I think we can yeah but it's just it. such a great story yeah we <laughs> um we're both from Michigan and we both went to Michigan State University but I'm a little bit older than you so after I left Michigan State an old colleague of mine on campus emailed me and said hey there's this girl in the office and she's a student and you should really meet her I think she's really cool So I went and I met this girl and she was taking me around East Lansing, Michigan, and she popped by this bookstore that she really liked. And Mm -hmm. she introduced me to a clerk behind uh, the the counter there. And I was like, well, that guy's kind of gruff. Um, uh-huh. she's like, oh yeah, that's just my friend, Josh. Like we used to date and you know, he stole a little, <laughs> knowing he her, she probably a... <laughs> brought you in just to twist the knife even further. I would not put it. Yeah. <laughs> so flash smash, smash cut. Um, this girl had moved to New York and then we both independently of her moved to New yeah. York and she invited us to a publicity event and we mm-hmm. just immediately became fast friends and, yeah, I've kind of been inseparable ever since. And that was like more than 15 years ago now. Yeah, yeah. And weirdly, one of my other best friends I met through her as well, our, our friend Micken, which is just a strange, strange thing. So, uh, and you and I barely ever see this girl anymore, even though we both, we both like her. But, you know, it's a, it's a funny thing. So that's yeah, the story. It's a rare story in which <laughs> I'm still friends with, with somebody where that, that all happened. Uh, the Wrangler uh, said, this one we've definitely talked about before, uh, which teams do you both support and follow? Uh, so Brandon, you can go first here. Yeah, I'm a Fulham supporter. Brian McBride is great. Uh, full Full America, people refer mm-hmm. to it. Just this incredible American pedigree that that goes through the West London Club, and they sort of meet me right in that sweet spot of um, you know not overachievers. I mean, a great Europa League final in the last decade or so. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a fun club to root for, and I think being a Becoming a Fulham fan when they were in the midst of a great run in the Premier League, it's been interesting to still follow them as they've sort of gone up and down into the championship. And it's actually made me an even more um, – I'm just more enmeshed in in the coming and going of the club because I, a, I have to kind of work harder to follow the news because I don't see them play every weekend. And um, it's also just kind of fascinating to follow a club's journey through a division like the championship. And that's a lot of fun. So yeah. I really enjoy uh, rooting for a club, even that is not in the league that I follow most clo- closely. Oh, I mean, and you've got me hooked too. I mean, I was checking the uh, championship, t- you know, table yesterday to see how they were doing. I mean, they, they held on for a one nil win. I saw over Blackburn. Yeah, tied tied and, with Leeds yeah. now. Uh, yeah. We're in second place. This is great stuff at, at yeah. the cottage right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're an I, Arsenal fan. I'm an Arsenal fan. I mean, I honestly don't talk about it too much because I feel like I don't, I'm not as hardcore about Arsenal as some like, it's not that I, I don't know, you know, what is a true fan? I don't know. I don't think you have to be like, you know, you have to 
have an Arsenal tattoo or whatever to be a, a true fan. You can be as small or large a fan as you want. Uh, but I mean, my Arsenal fandom is just, I, I just, I really loved Arsene Wenger. And when I was really getting into football, um, he was, um, you know, sort of the towering intellectual, you know, it's kind of funny in hindsight. I mean, it's sort of, you know, he's, he was sort of the towering intellectual figure, but um, you know, it, and it's it's you know it's in hindsight it's Alex Ferguson who's the one who does Harvard Business Review you know <laughs> like you know or Harvard uh, Harvard Business School talks and things like that you know he's the one who um, was kind of the um, the genius who wore a car coat you know and so you couldn't quite tell um, but it was um, yeah I, I just I fell in love with Arsene Wenger and his attacking style I'd love Robin Van Persie um, and uh, so that was that was really did it and then I just but I, I was just I just have a really big issue with the Cronkies and. Um, it seems like their kind of upper management struggle, like structure is sort of incompetent. And so it's just like it's, I have like a real hard time with it. Just like the business part of sports drives me more and more crazy. It's one of the reasons I love fantasy, right? Because you kind of get to make the sport whatever you want it to be, you know. Um, but mm-hmm. the the business part of it drives me so nuts sometimes that it's really hard for me to be a full-on like club supporter because like the thought of me like buying a bunch of Arsenal merch and making Stan Kroenke even richer is like – makes like it's like painful <laughs> to me you know so yeah. i don't know yeah so but i i am an arsenal fan i mean that's still though that's still the only club i root for um but i mean i i, I you sort of got me I, i'm a little bit of a fulham fan as well i like i like swansea a little bit i kind of like lester a little bit um so yeah that's, those, those are there's the, a little the bit to love in all these clubs all of them <laughs> that's true Everton. All true. right, so now we're gonna get now we're gonna get a little more interesting here in our get to know us section. FPL Chancer Dan wants to know what is the one thing that you would both compliment and respectfully critique about each other's FPL styles. Oh wow! Um, is... So I think we definitely have remarkably different uh, styles. <laughs> I mean, we... Well. Yeah, I mean, in some some ways, yes and no. I mean, I think our teams can often be pretty similar. I don't, I don't think our styles are that different, really. Um, I think that I have a I have a little more risk tolerance than you do, um, and yeah. a a little more desire to say screw you to like the conventional logic. <laughs> and I think that's that that yeah. is like that is like a a thing that helps and hurts me depending on how my luck kind of goes in a in a season, um, and yeah. so. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that you like uh, on a transfer by transfer basis um, are really thoughtful about it. I mean, I, I feel like I'm much more pl- prone to make like a bad transfer, like just a silly, uh-huh. ill-considered transfer. And I feel like you outside of possibly this Jordan Henderson one that you just or, uh, or, or, Dean, or Dean Henderson. What's that keeper's name? Henderson, we'll call him. Yeah, it's <laughs> his Dean, name right? is Dean Henderson. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Outside yes. of the Dean Henderson yep. transfer you just made <laughs> in general, uh-huh. uh, I think that you 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 usually you know you make the right choice, and um, so um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, what, I don't know what else. What else is there to say? What do you? What do you? How disrespect me? What do you don't? What do you not? Like well, I've said it before. I mean, I, you know, I just think that you um, sometimes. Um, I don't know. I, I think sometimes you you can be a little predictable in your in your style, you know. Uh-huh. And so I think yeah. I've said yeah. this to you before. That's fair. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like how you play FPL very much like you're playing a sport. Like, I mean, it, it is FPL is 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 about sports, but it's not necessarily a sport. It's like a board game or a card game or something like that. But you you approach it with this. Um, 
with this energy, like you are going out and competing yourself. And (laughs) I do, I do really admire that. (laughs) And yeah, I think, I think that style does lend itself to the occasional banana skin. And yeah, um, well, you you can give me a, you you can give me a harsher criticism than that. If you want, you can, I can, I can take it. If you got a, if you've got a real, a real doozy, you know, let's, let's hear it. I'll, uh, (laughs) I won't, I won't, uh, Um, I won't carry it with me. Um, Gosh, I don't know. Now, then we're just going to get into things that I just don't like about you. And I don't know <laughs> if we can person. carry that through the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I think you, you don't like how mad I get. I mean, I know that. I don't know if that's a FPL style well, thing or not, but uh, you, you get frustrated that I get so ticked off. And that may come back to what you were saying of how you don't think that our play styles are actually that different. And when I see you sort of blow your top and get really angry i get frustrated maybe because it's like it's like when um luke skywalker goes into that cave of nightmares on dagobah and he he sees his face underneath vader's mask like i'm watching you lose it at the black horse and i'm like is that me is that who i really am (laughs) that is who you are you lose it too and you don't think you do (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah, you're you're like more performative with it, it's where true. I am very much down. a bottle it up and explode. Sort of it's thing. true. Yeah, it's so, true. And neither neither is the way to be. All or right. both uh, are the way to be. I don't know. I don't know either. We should probably cut it off there, though. Uh, I wanted Dom's body. He says, who would win in a penalty shootout between you two? <laughs> well, I think we actually have had a penalty shootout in Prospect Park here in Brooklyn with a couple of... Mm-hmm. A couple of shirts for goalposts, um, <laughs> and uh, I think it was a draw. Well, you actually know how to play, you know. So I've never seen you actually like just like rip into a ball, though. I think no. maybe we need to go find an actual goal somewhere no. and see if you've got some real power. I'm a classic tryhard kind of, you know. I'm just like a, I, I, I like I, I try to like I, I don't I have no form, like I have no like um. Like, uh, I don't know how to play correctly, you know? And so I just mm-hmm. run. Mm-hmm. Like, I, every sport I play is like this. I just run as hard as I can, but like, not, not, not in any particular direction or anything like that. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, to me, like, playing a sport is about like, I want to like burn calorie. You know, it's like, I feel like when I'm playing a sport, I just want to like, <laughs> I want to feel like I'm playing a sport. You know, I want to like yeah. run my run my butt off. I have become, you know, like, the older I get, like, it's like my FPL play style. I, I tend to lean into the cerebral nature of it and if i'm playing pickup i get the ball and suddenly i can't make a decision and then i Mm. just end up shielding the ball from the defender and passing it backwards always backwards (laughs) i am i am like the fabian delf of uh, brooklyn pickup leagues (laughs) is that that's funny i didn't know that i've never heard you say that before uh all right byron next question byron brew i'll leave that for like your therapist brandon to to talk through uh byron brew says if 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 you somehow ended up in a fist fight with one another, who would win? I think that's got to be me. I mean, just for sheer unpredict- un- unpredictability, right? Yeah, yeah. And you will, you will do whatever it takes. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think you're you're an honorable person in general, but above all, you want to like win. That, and yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a pathological. So I would thing. be I yeah. would be afraid. 
Yeah, I would be well, afraid if I saw yeah. you coming for me. It's never come to that. Outside of that one Yale trip, it's never, it never really come to that, has it? Uh, thank God. <laughs> well, it never, it didn't come to blows. No, actually, it was just maybe kidding. some yeah. verbal sparring. All right, Josh, let's uh, let's take one more question here before we hit a break, and we'll come back with a few more Ask Us Anything questions. This one from FPL JMO. He has since it's Oscars. It's it's Oscars tonight while we're recording. Yep. Your favorite films of the year and or uh, who should get best picture. So, mm-hmm. Josh, you and I, we we like to go to movies. We like to talk about movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. We did. A, you know, it's not high cinema, but we did a whole Star Wars episode for our Patreon members a yeah. month or so ago. So yeah. what what was 2019 in cinema to you? What was the best movie? What were your favorite movies? Yeah. Well, I thought it was a pretty good year for movies in general. Um if I the as you were talking, I was trying to think about like the, my top. So I think um, if my favorite film of the year was probably Little Women. Um, I think uh, after that, I would say Parasite, and after that, I would say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, and then I would throw in a special nod for um, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which is the um, the Tom Hanks Mr. Rogers movie, which. Um, I don't know if they got like a ton of attention or how how widely it was seen, but I saw it uh, by myself uh, at a you know, we, like a weeknight screening in Brooklyn, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was so great, and uh, so that would be that, that's kind of like the dark horse favorite film of the year for me. But uh, Little Women was the one I just thought was um, I just love that world, and um, um, I don't know. It's like it's so it's like that you know it's such a it's like you hear that title and it sounds like it wouldn't be you know it sounds like it's like a a niche kind of thing or whatever. I mean, obviously little woman is a, is a very famous book, but, um, I just felt just like, IP. It was such a, yeah, but I felt like it was such a, uh, incredible world to be in. You know, I loved it. I thought you liked it a lot too, right? Oh yeah. Little women was, it, it did kind of blow me away and the world and, and the story is, is one thing, but the craft that went into making that movie, I thought the way it was edited yeah. together, the way yeah. the story was told, Greta Gerwig deserves all the credit, but, um, I'm not a weepy dad like you, so I didn't go see uh, It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, <laughs> right, so I can't right. speak to that. But we have to mention The Irishman. I think The Irishman was my favorite movie of 2019. I mean, a lot of people harp on like, oh, it's so long. How, how can you sit through a movie that's so long? It's yeah. fine. I'm sure you sat through Return of the King and you and you were throwing popcorn in your face the entire time. The Irishman was like so. You weren't even eating it. You me. were just just throwing it in your no, face. Just like <laughs> just like Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. Um, but I that movie has like haunted me. Like the way mm. it thinks about getting old, and maybe it's because I am a decrepit old person. But um, <laughs> forty just scenes yeah. mm. of De Niro after he's become an old man. It's it's really interesting that there's a fateful phone call that De Niro makes near the end of the movie, and it's one of the most powerful performances I've seen in a while. I don't think people are talking about it enough. And the, but the other, the best shot in that movie lot, though but, is, yeah. uh, do you remember the shot where De Niro is getting in the private jet to go do his thing in, uh, Detroit mm-hmm. and the plane he's on is pulling away and you just see Joe Pesci alone in the car in the passenger seat. 
Yeah, like his, his sleeping his old man like body that, right? and big head. Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> he's just kind of staring, staring yeah. at him like the Grim Reaper. And it's just like, wow. Was... I liked, I liked it. I th- I liked, um, Al Pacino's, uh, energy as Jimmy Hoffa. That's probably my favorite part of the, of the movie. Uh, the part where a 78 year old Robert De Niro is playing a 42 year old beating someone up on the street. Uh, that did not work for me. Um, I thought the movie was fine. I was a little unmoved by it. I did. I did watch it all in one sitting. Uh, and um, I didn't hate it. I don't know. Maybe I watched it like right after. Maybe I might have even saw it at Thanksgiving night. So maybe it was like, maybe I had too much tryptophan in my system or something like that. It's um, not a Christmas movie, Josh. No. And, it's not uh, Home Alone. But it was kind of like 1917, another movie that a lot of people liked that I saw. And um, I thought it was um, pretty good. But, you know, I don't know. Whatever, Brandon. No one's paying us for our uh, film reviews. So if, you're, <laughs> if, you, if you disagree with us, then that's yeah. fine. You know, we're not, we're not film critics. I still haven't seen 1917. But if, if 1917 it's, gets any award that uh, Dunkirk didn't get, then it's not justified. I can't believe you haven't seen it. It's so up your alley. I mean, you love that kind of stuff. So it's, you, you yeah, should definitely watch I, I it. I do love war stuff. It's true. All right, let's take a break so I can go watch 1917, and then we'll be right back. (laughs) All right, see you in three hours. Listen, guys, have you ever seen an untucked button-down? They look bad. Why do they look so bad, though? Josh, why? Why? I don't know. Why? Why? (laughs) (laughs) Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck at the original button-down shirt, actually designed to be worn untucked, unfettered, be relaxed. When I tuck my shirt in, I feel so stuffy. I just want to hang out in an untucked shirt, but they all look so bad. Thankfully, I've found the Untuck It. With more than 50-plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great. On tall, short, slim, athletic guys of all ages, you can find your favorite Untuck It style online or check out one of their 80 brick-and-mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. So whether you're shopping for the perfect present, maybe a guy or gal in your life could really look good in an untucked shirt, buy them an untuck it, or maybe you're just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, untuck it. It's the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use the code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's untuckit. I'm going to spell it for you. U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T. Dot com and use that promo code BLUE for 20% off. That's right. And you and I are both Untuck It shirt owners, and uh, we both enjoy them tremendously. That is a that is a true fact right there. So, uh, yes. I, I will proselytize for Untuck It. It's actually a f- fantastic shirt. Thumbs up. All right, Brian, we're back. Lightning round time, okay? Uh, real lightning round this time because uh, to ask us anything, we don't need to go on. I'm not, and we're not comparing Salah to uh, Aubameyang here. I think we can <laughs> zip through these pretty quickly. Uh, all right, so let's do this. Alex Curden says, what are you most looking forward to on your UK trip? Oh, man, I love a match day experience, Josh. Just getting to the stadium, the vibe, yeah, the yeah. people. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I can't wait. These three matches that we're going to. Anything else for you? jump out as something you're looking forward to the meetup maybe with our listeners the meetup uh, for sure uh definitely looking forward to that um i mean it's just the excitement you know i mean it's like you know that that, like as we're flying out kind of late on you know thursday or whatever wednesday night i guess it is and um you know just that moment like anytime you know anyone who's ever taken a big trip before uh knows that feeling you know you're at the airport you're checked in you're getting a drink or whatever and you're just like it's it's all ahead of you, you know. I, I don't know, so I'm looking forward to that. that isn't that, that how uh, isn't that how Lonesome Dove opens? 
<laughs> I think it is. Yeah, basically. I think, um, I mean, there, I think, you know, the other answer is just uh, Old Trafford for the Manchester Derby. I mean, that's going to be, uh, that feels like a real once oh, yeah. in a lifetime experience. So definitely looking forward to that one. Definitely. All right. Next, next question is from Double Walrus. What are your go-to shots on a night out? Okay. So yeah. I'm not encouraging anyone who's coming to the London meetup to buy us shots, but <laughs> say, yeah, well, cause we you're, were, you're a Goldschlager guy, Brandon. I always have been, always will be. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like I, my worst, my worst time ever, uh, with the sauce was with Goldschlager and that's a true fact. <laughs> so don't come near me yeah. with that. Uh, I mean, I guess, uh, I mean, we're really only talking about whiskey and tequila here, right? I mean, I guess there's vodka too. I, don't, I never yep. shoot vodka though. Uh, I don't like to shoot. I, I don't really like vodka that much in general, to be honest. Uh, so I would go whiskey, but I'm tequila shots are kind of fun, right? Those are like, the, I feel like those yeah. go down smooth. They almost go down easier than whiskey. I agree. Yeah. Whiskey, I feel like it's just a sidecar that comes with a, with a beer, a beer chaser. Mm-hmm. If you want to do a shot and you want to party. Yeah. It's tequila. Yeah, I'm if you want to feel like you're doing a shot. Yeah. If you're hanging out with some Russian mobster who cries yeah. like blood tears, then I will definitely do vodka <laughs> shots with that. Yeah, guy. if you've got to like seal a deal by doing a shot or whatever. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, uh, Marvin the Gooner says, what are some of your favorite books? Brandon, let's just let's just pick one each here. What's, what's a favorite book of yours? Okay, I think you've read this one, but mm-hmm. um, The Cement Garden by Ian McEwan. Yeah. I think I first mm-hmm. read it in E.L. Amaran's um, 20th Century British Literature course. But yeah, that book, it's got some weird stuff in it. So it's hard for me to sort of like shout from the mountaintops. I love this book that has like um, kids burying their parents and some some weird incest things going on, but it's beautifully written. I love it. I've read it many times. It's, yeah. Uh, it's just right. It's for me. Well, I the the book that I often think of as my favorite book is a book called Far From the Tree by Andrew Solomon. It's this uh, kind of doorstopper book. It's all about people who are born um, differently um, and um, so it sort of talks about people who were born uh, dwarves or deaf or um, there's sort of – part of it's physical, physical stuff. Part of it is um, – uh, social stuff that I, I it, it gets very intense and it's it's an amazing book but so that that doesn't feel very appropriate for a fantasy podcast though and so Brandon because I kind of impugn 1917 I will I will also uh-huh. do a bonus pick here where I will I will recommend the entire 20 volumes of the Patrick O'Brien series okay so I I may not uh-huh. have loved 1917 but I am I'm <laughs> steeped in the Napoleonic Wars as a result of uh, the Patrick O'Brien books. They are a rip roaring good read. You do not have to know anything about the sea to enjoy them. You just let that stuff kind of wash over you. I I still don't really know what a I don't even know like you know there's a lot of stuff. I, a mizzen mast. I cannot tell you what a mizzen mast is, Brandon. I'm sorry. I'll just, some things I'll never learn, but that, that's a really fun series. I, you actually need to read that series sometime. I think you'd like it a lot. You've re- yeah. You've recommended it many times. Actually just finished this book, uh, the face of the face of battle by John Keegan. And he talks about these three major battles throughout history and what it's like to be a, a soldier in these conflicts. The first is Asian court. And then, the uh, second one is what? What I'm blanking on the name, like the the final battle for uh, Waterloo. Um, talks about Waterloo and then uh, the Somme. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely, definitely a fascinating time for warfare back yeah, then, for sure. Uh, Jeff Petter, uh, long time from the pod, says, "Who were your favorite bands and artists when you were young, and are they still now?" 
Certainly not now. I was a I was a total Kurt Cobain nerd when I was mm-hmm. like in junior high. Yeah. And um, but if Unplugged in New York comes on, I mean you're you're loving that, right? Oh yeah. I mean I don't dislike the music, but it's you know there's music of your youth that you just you know through no fault of it you just yeah. grow past it. Yeah, you mostly listen to and choral like music talk, now. So for you, it's a little it's it's different. It's like, the only music I listen to is just me humming to myself in a silent room. That's my favorite. My favorite music is the is are the tunes that I just make up um, right. when I'm doing the dishes. No, um, not anymore. I'm. I guess I'm just become like a total hipster with music at this point. Like the tame impalas of the world and all that. I went through a a huge Bjork phase too. That was probably the longest, most drawn out phase of my life. Well, mine was uh, Dave Matthews in the 90s. So uh, that was definitely uh, that is definitely not a band I I listen to anymore. Uh, No, I um, I mean, I love the Beatles. And I I, then as a kid, I don't really listen to that much anymore. It's funny because with my daughter, I thought she would get really into the Beatles, but she actually loves the Rolling Stones. And so our house has become a Rolling Stones house where we just play Stone songs all the time. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of funny. I was not expecting that. Um, yeah, I mostly listen to uh, like I listen to like a lot of country music now, like like 70s country. Like that's like far and away what I listen to more than almost anything else. Um, so uh, I don't know how that happened. That was not anything I listened to when I was younger. But uh, um, so, yeah. Um, so, you know, you're real country, Josh. Yeah, real. I'm real I'm real outlaw country. country, man. Yeah, the Waylon and Willie and the boys. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sam Danby, our friend in Norway, has a good question. I thought, what annoys you daily more than anything else? Mine is people not indicating on roundabouts. And I don't know if you saw me tweeting about this the other day, and I wasn't sure if it was 100% understood, but I have this pet peeve, particularly in the office, like a coworker will instant message you like lots of offices. Now you communicate through these, you know, faceless instant messaging contraptions and Mm -hmm. somebody just sends you a a quick message saying hi. And then there's nothing. And the expectation (laughs) is what I'm supposed to say Mm -hmm. hi back. Right. Like you clearly want something. The reason why you, um, you were chatting me is because you want something. So just tell me what you want. Mm -hmm. This formality of like, hi, hi, how are you? No. So, um, I'm all about direct message etiquette and protocol right now. Fair. <laughs> that is very, I like how specific that is. I, uh, I, I mean, a lot of things that annoy me every day, but, uh, I'll just, the one that annoyed me today when I was flying back, uh, to New York and annoyed me when I was flying to Florida to see my mom as well, uh, are the, this is like a, like I've been traveling for business a lot. And so you don't see this as often on kind of like the early morning business flights, but, um, but we were flying to Florida and Orlando, which is like very, you know, very Disney, you know, Disney's right there. Um, are the people who, when the plane lands will like, and like the seatbelt sign goes off, will run like four rows up to get in line to get out of the plane, which I think is like mm-hmm. unconscionably rude. I was like, <laughs> I was so like scandalized. Like I thought it was, it happened on both yeah. the flight to Florida and the flight back. And I was like, the rudeness, the the cheek on these people, Brandon, <laughs> to jump uh-huh. rows yeah. and stand in someone else's row. It's not like you just get to like run out of the airplane, right? You just go and, and take up no. someone else's <laughs> space, you know? I yeah. could not believe how rude that was. It was like, listen, you're in row 27. I'm yeah. sorry that that's 
that you booked your flight too late or whatever, but like you cannot just run 12 <laughs> rows ahead. So rude. There are plenty of federal laws on, uh, on, on flying. So why isn't this one of those federal laws? I don't <laughs> understand. Yeah. So you've, have you seen this before too? Cause it is really great. Yeah, I have. My assumption is usually, oh, you've never flown before, but, right. um, right. that's me being naive that people are just, no. people are just crazy. Naturally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. A couple more questions to go here. You just have we, to come to accept that. Yeah. And then we're going to get really into our hardcore fantasy discussion here, Brandon. So let's, uh, yeah, that, okay. may, that may have to wait until next Sunday. A couple more questions to go here, Brandon. Mike DePetro says, if you could only have two apps on your phone, what would they be? Not including phone, messaging, mail, and other standard apps. I said, what apps you would actually have to go to the app store to get? Let's each pick one app. It's complicated. Like, I'm a kind of an app, like, I'm app crazy. Like I just have, I think you're more app crazy than I am. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to pick one because so many apps are so useful in my life. I mean, the one that I probably use most that is most relevant to this podcast is just my, my cable TV app. So I can watch, uh, premier league matches when I'm not at home. I can watch them on the fly or watch them at work. Uh, that's, that's definitely the most useful, but let's be real. Um, you know, it's it's the Google Maps app. How am I ever getting anywhere without Google Maps? <laughs> yeah, Google Maps up there. Twitter's up there. Uh, just to name something a little off the kind of normal route, I would say the Athletic app, uh, the Athletic website app is uh, super useful. And uh, just like, I don't know, it's, it's kind of fun because I am, as you said before, hyper competitive. And so I will often get like, like right now I'm mad at Michigan State's basketball team for being so bad. <laughs> and so I'm just not reading any Michigan State sports stuff, right? Or like any basketball stuff. Like any anything basketball related reminds me of how bad Michigan State is. And so I have to like like I have to go away from it. So and the athletic it's like any sport you can just dip into. They've got lots of great long reads and their Premier League coverage is actually this is not an, a paid thing by the way. It sounds like I'm like getting paid to say this, but I actually just really enjoy the app. And this the Joe Posnansky is one of my favorite sports writers is doing this thing on there right now where he's counting down the hundred greatest baseball players of all time and it's just one essay a day. So it's like a hundred days and then just going up. And these one essays are incredibly discursive and he goes all over the place and they're rambling and funny and they're wonderful. And it's like, yes, this is what I love about sports writing. Like, you know, it's just like, it's so random. Like who, you know, it's, it's not for any reason other than just to be fun and interesting, uh-huh. you know, and entertaining. And so, um, yeah, right. but I, I'm, I love having that where I'm just like, I'm just going to try to find some sport on here that is not my key sport and just sort of find something fun and interesting on there. And so that's become kind of my go-to for that. All right. Van Dyke's to watch out for. They want to know what are each of your current ideal pet situations? Do we both have our ideal pet situation? You don't have a pet. I don't No, I feel like that's ideal for you. Well, I don't know. My wife is allergic to cats and dogs. So that is ideal for me health standpoint. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah. I mean, there's a secret part of me that thinks a dog would be fun, but, uh, I, I didn't really grow up with a lot of animals, and so I'm not I'm not really an animal person to be to be quite honest. Yeah, I love dogs, but um, my wife and I we have a cat. Our cats, you know, I, like, we've had her for seven years, and I'm just like totally devoted to her. Um, it's not the other way around, to be sure. But we were, we talk all the time about how we really like dogs, but it would be insane for us to have a dog instead of a cat because they are so much work. Yeah, a lot and, of work. You know. Yeah. If, if you're commuting a lot and you're working a lot, it's, you know, you're, you're kind of doing that dog a disservice. So I hope one day I'll have the freedom to do that. <laughs> uh, next question is from Chris Daycare. We've got two questions to go here. Chris Daycare says, is a hot dog sandwich? Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say no. 
I this is a, this is one of the great one of the great online questions. I I don't even have an interesting answer to it. So I'm just going to go ahead and say no. It is not a sandwich. I don't see it as a sandwich. It will not be a sandwich ever for me. Whenever I see this question come up, I think about being in Boulder, Colorado, many many years ago, and uh, I was really hungry, and there was a hot dog cart, and it's going through this phase where you know, a plain hot dog. I don't want anything on there. No ketchup, no mustard. So I say to the hot dog vendor, I just say, I want a hot dog straight up. So he gives me the the hot dog bun and he put the hot dog sort of vertically in the bun. So it was kind of like the hot dog and the bun were perpendicular to each other. <laughs> he thought he was being very clever because um, it was straight up, you see. Um, but a hot dog is a sandwich because, you know, it's, it's meat between two slices of bread. So don't complicate it. Fair enough. Fair it's like enough. it's like a, a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square. Yeah. Uh, a, a hot dog is a sandwich, but a sandwich is not a hot dog. Okay. I think that's maybe you maybe you finally okay, maybe I'm convinced. I don't know. Um <laughs> the last question uh, comes from Frederick, who says a perfect last question. He says, Where did the name Lord Sorloth come from? There was an episode where we were talking about new transfers, and I think you were like have you seen this guy, Alexander Sorloth? Yeah. And just, I think you were just totally taken with how bizarre the name was. Well, I mean, we're, I think yeah. we're, we're, we're just woefully mispronouncing it. I think it's technically pronounced Sirlot if you're Norwegian. We like that, Sorloth. That's like the Doherty thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just funny because the name is Sorloth, which sounds like Sloth from the Goonies movie. But then he looks like Ivan Drago from Rocky IV. And so the sort of weird you know, Alexander Sorloth, it just sounds like a um, like a medieval, you know, like a medieval knight or a, maybe, a you know, someone who owns a small – like it sounds like that could be like a character in Hamlet or something, you know, the Sorloth estate. Yeah, I was I just know. thinking yeah. if there was a villain in a, a Shakespeare play, he would be named Lord <laughs> Sorloth. Sorloth. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. So um, it turned out that we, you know, so it was kind of negative at first, but then uh, then we just started to champion him because he would just like, you know, I mean, as we, this has been kind of a theme under Roy Hodgson, uh, Crystal Palace have struggled to score goals. And um, and then it was kind of like free, free, free the Lord, you know, free Lord Sorloth that sort of became our rallying cry. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he just scored his twentieth goal uh, while on loan this season. So um, yeah, I, 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 absolutely I mean, crazy. It's crazy. And yeah, uh, you know, so you know, but Benteke got his one today, so now they're they're almost. They're almost level, or yesterday. <laughs> they're almost even. <laughs> yeah, they're almost even. Uh, so yeah, I, ho- I hope we see more of the Lord Sauloth next year. That's that's my hope. Uh, and Brandon, that is that is the pod. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Obviously, a little bit different. Um, it just didn't feel um, like it was worth anybody's time to do a, a serious fantasy podcast when when so much is up in the air, including when these matches are going to take place. Um, and we already previewed this game week that it hasn't even taken place yet. So uh, anyway, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll go back to regular your regularly scheduled fantasy podcast uh, next Sunday. But uh, thank you for listening. Absolutely. And if you want to learn more about Lord Sorloth, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating, where one of our supporter tiers is the Lord Sorloth tier. Lots of great things on offer there for anyone who wants to support the Always Cheating Pod. We've got an extra bonus pod each week for our uh, Patreon supporters at the Lord Sorloff tier and above. Our Slack forum, t-shirts, extra leagues, all sorts of cool stuff. So, uh, yeah, go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating for more on that. And uh, we'll sign off with our producer Patreon thank yous. Trevor Ingerson, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Chris Carter, Martin Savage, 
Brian T, Victor Forberg, Skoging, Paul Hertzig, Kaya, Christine Lelang, Stian Niehaus, Barry McGuire, the Big Gaffer, Bob Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Peter Bodictel, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Andy Martin, Lindsey Rostel, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chinblur, Jacobson, Frederick Keen, Gransky, Travis West, Alan Creasy, Anton Markov, FPLmerch.com, and James Conroy. Josh, always cheating is all over the internet. Where can we be found? Yeah, you can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And please do uh, subscribe and and review it if you uh if you can find the time because it helps us find more more listeners and build our audience. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, and so many other places. New apps every day, Brandon. It's not just the Athletic app, which I gave a massive free advertisement <laughs> to earlier for no particular yeah. reason. Uh, you can follow us on I Twitter. I wonder what would happen if you uh, searched for always cheating on Google Maps. Oh, that'd be very, I'm going to try that when we get done with this podcast. Good question. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We're uh, twitter.com slash colon backslash backslash www.twitter.com slash hail cheaters uh, instagram we're at hail cheaters facebook at always or facebook.com slash always cheating uh, email us hail cheaters at gmail.com and visit the website always cheating.com to find episode links links to all our social media networks uh, a way to contact us and a lot more good luck to everybody in the rest of game week 26 there is a lot to come a lot to talk about i look forward to yeah. having stuff to talk about uh next week's podcast so uh, thank you for listening <laughs> yeah and fingers crossed for everyone out there on captain aguero we 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 hope things work out i mean yeah we kind of don't hope one. that things work out for you because we're a couple of solid captainers over here but you know let's be kind yeah let's i just kind. yeah having just gone through the the money triple captain thing i think my, my empathy is is actually pretty high right now so i um, I, I know, I know the pain you're in, and uh, yeah, I, at the very least, I want them to announce when the replayed fixture is going to happen, right? That will at least give there'll be some closure, you know. <laughs> One way or the other, we'll know what's what's <laughs> right. happening. Yeah, right. All right, Poku forever, as yeah. we say. Hail cheaters! Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.